for years. I've been on to my members of parliament, ministers, to really take this issue seriously. We are seeing on the news every week new extremes of weather. That's happening with one degree centigrade. We're heading towards three degrees. It doesn't bear thinking about. The suffering will be awful. And I don't want my... It's October 7th, and in over 60 countries around the world, Extinction Rebellion is going on strike. The group, which is just barely over a year old, has grown to a global movement, and in capital cities across the world, its members are practicing non-violent direct action on a massive scale. These truly are actions unlike the world has ever seen. And while no doubt all of you listening will be following the news and following what's going on in the strike in your local area, we felt it our privilege and our responsibility to bring you these stories from the streets, from beyond the headlines, to let rebels share with you in their own words why they're striking, why they want you to join them, and how in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, London, Wellington, all are welcome in this movement, and all are needed. If you're attending the International Rebellion, and you'd like to help share the story of your fellow strikers, of the actions that are going on, of any breaking news, we'll be doing special episodes every other day for the rest of this week. And you can send audio messages to Climactic Show on Facebook, or just email them to hello at climactic.fm. And now... We crossed to Brisbane. My name is Fian and I'm a journalist making this podcast about the climate strike in Brisbane today. And I was wondering why you guys are participating. Um, yeah, we're participating because we're a bit mad, we're mm-hmm. a bit frustrated. Um, our government's not acting fast enough. It's not, it's not doing what we think it should do. And it's mm-hmm. been doing that a long time now. You see that in other historical movements, like I said, like the gay rights movement, the indigenous rights movement, mm-hmm. and um, how, how slow traction has been gained on those things. Yeah. And, um, and now we're getting to the point where we're going to die and they're still not doing anything. So I guess we all have to stand up and do something. Mm-hmm. And you think like standing up like this, taking the streets is the way to do it? I think it's the only option that we've got, or mm-hmm. at least the only option on the table that seems to have any sort of logical sense to it. Yeah. Because, you know, I've I've written personally to my minister twice oh. and I've only and I've never been responded to. Um, I've expressed stuff like I, I mean I'm in the human services industry. I talk to ministers and police chiefs quite often mm-hmm. and, and the conversations happen at a lower level but when it comes to the government they don't do anything. And you think this might change make make a change or uh, it'll make them pay more attention. And yeah. I think if they pay attention uh, yeah. and they start to realise that masses of people are involved, they might have to listen. Yeah. No, it makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. No, good, thank, <laughs> thank you. You have your two kids with you. Like, um, why did you decide to come today to the Extinction Rebellion March? It's an important issue that. Um, we're not sure what future our, our children are going to be mm-hmm. growing up into, so um, we had a good opportunity to come today and uh-huh. 
How old are you kids? Uh, she's um, seven and a half months and Theo oh. is three and a half. Yeah, so it's really, really young. Yeah. Do you think like this is the way? Like if we come all on the streets that we can maybe put more pressure on the politicians or do you? I think there's a number of different ways. I think this is one yeah. aspect of change. I think activists are really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, certainly getting the message out into the media. So I was wondering, like, first of all, what's your name and what brought you here? My name's Rebel Marie and I travelled up today from Northern Rivers, New South Wales to be part of the International Rebellion here in Brisbane in defence of the climate and preserving life on Earth. Hey, I'm Jara. Um, I'm here because I've just, you know, I've been watching extinction and just all the terrible things happening to the planet in the last 20 years escalating, nothing being done about it. We've clearly known the science for a really long time now and it's not being act not acted on because and I think it's just become apparent to everyone that the government is not going to act and so it's up to the people to rise up because clearly the government's not following science. It's actually just in the pocket of corporations. They're just one and the same. So big money and government the same thing so really the only way we can save life on earth now and save like earth as a living system is to all rise up and rebel so yeah that's why we're here hi i'm rebel ruth and i traveled a few hours to get here and i'm here as part of extinction rebellion and until we have our three demands met we'll continue to be in rebellion which is that government tell the truth net zero emissions by 2025 and halting biodiversity loss mm -hmm. and a citizens assembly and I'm here personally for future generations I'm really concerned about the future for our children and their mm -hmm. children and all the species on this planet that are suffering in a sixth mass extinction spasm. Do you think this kind of action is the only way we have to activate politicians or in the people around us? I personally think this is the is this a strong way to urge pol political action and that we also need to work at the grassroots level in our communities to look at uh, practical, deep adaptation, making our communities resilient. And uh, so we need to work from the top down and the bottom up at the same time. And yeah, this, this sort of rebellion has a lot of history worldwide and has been shown to be very successful as non-violent civil disobedience model. Yeah. For the last 20 or 30 years, everyone's been kind of just business as usual and thinking if I just consume the right green product or whatever, I'll save the planet. But it's, it's like, okay, it's good to do those individual things, but clearly it's not working and we need a system change. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to get that is if the people rise up. It's almost like we've just been asleep as a society, just sleeping, sleeping, and it's like you see the real call to wake up and you see that it's sincere, honest, it's just mm -hmm. average people putting their liberty and lives at risk and I think most people are going to wake up and just be like, thank God, thank God it's finally happening, yeah. you know, so I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, just, um, you know, power to the rebels. I think that more and more people really feel this deep, mm -hmm. deep inside them that it's not right the government's not telling the truth they're not acting and time is running out yeah yeah so time to time for non-violent civil disobedience mm -hmm. okay thank you so much thank you so much can i say something to everyone yeah. out there yes please. i just want to say to everyone around the world like who feels the same way that we're we're all in this together we we're just really feeling each other we feel you you know all around the world we see what you're up to and we just love it and we're just all together in spirit so Go Rebellion. Yeah.
Thank you so much. We're, we're currently on the tour and we've just come back from the Pujani coal mine um, protesting camp and we've, we did a few um, did a bit of action up there and um, we're, we, we took some time off work and we're um, from Coffs Harbour. We picked up a few people on the way on the bus mm -hmm. and um, from the, I'm from that area myself and, um, and uh, we're part of uh, climate control groups, um, climate crisis control groups and, um, and mine. In my involvement has been with coal seam gas with forestry so it's about it's about the environment and it's about um uh, we're trying to get people on board through our media through our stunts i suppose they're called um just trying to get people aware click on and encouraging them and saying this is um this is really important but it's it's fun it's something we really enjoy because it's for um, a, a really great cause we're on the way back and we we have been driving up here taking time off work so i have to go back to work but and other people have to too, so it's just a big, a really big commitment. But mm -hmm. once you start doing it, and once you start realising the importance of it, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's so easy. So this is just one of the, the steps mm -hmm. towards getting recruitments. It's yeah. really important. Yeah, it's Hi, so cool, yeah. nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. <laughs> Why we met you? We met you because you're here. But yeah. I met you because I've got a job to do. Ooh, what's your job? I have to throw planets away, uh -huh. and I have to find people who catch them. Oh no. But we're not That's throwing really this planet sad. away, we're keeping this planet No, no, right. no, it's not sad. Yeah. It's collaborative art. I'm the naughty guy, but you're the good guy. Okay. Because you save it. So you make these planets I and then you that, draw them out? I throw them away, Like yeah. symbolic-wise because we're yes, throwing away the that, planet? Yes, that's right. And wow. then uh, people save them. And you've got number 4,775. Wow, how many planets do you have? Nearly 5,000. It's a lot. So I've thrown away and I'm going to keep doing it. So you keep it. Yeah. You keep so you keep it, it's yours. Yeah, so okay. There, there is a Facebook page called yeah. A Throwaway Planet. Uh -huh. If you went there and liked it, that'd be wonderful. Okay, I would do that actually. What's your name? My name is Finn. Oh, well, that's Planet Finn. Oh, really? Yeah, awesome. it's yours. Lucky me. Are you with the CIA? No. <laughs> you sure? I'm not. I'm, a, I'm making a podcast. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Climactic? Climactic, yeah. Yeah, you know? With uh, with uh, my friend um, Mark. Yeah. Mark. Mark. He's got a yeah. video of me and my throwaway planet. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Perfect. Salo. Well, Is that's he it. <laughs> Is he here? No, he's in Melbourne. That's what right. Yeah. Clim Climactic. Climactic. Climactic, yeah. <laughs> we had an interview about the throwaway planets. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Then the circle is around. Yeah. The Japarang Embassy. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Nice yeah, yeah. You, okay, cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Small world. Hey, Damon. There's a link to throwaway planets and the video interview I did with Damon from the Japarang Embassy in the show notes. <laughs> So the police have just um, pulled over our boat for no reason. Um, they've just decided that it would be a really great idea to check it inch by inch to make sure that it's in compliance, which we're very happy for them to do. But obviously this is the first level of harassment from the police from trying to slow down our declaration of climate emergency. This boat is called Tuvalu. I've got Andy here who's going to explain why Tuvalu is an important name. Um, yeah, so Tuvalu is a small island nation in the Pacific and it was at the recent uh, conference of Pacific island nations including Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, uh, Tuvalu, etc. that the Australian government decided not to sign on to the Tuvalu Declaration which was uh, about s serious reductions in carbon which is what is needed because 
Tuvalu, a small island nation is the one is being affected very, very fast and currently by rising sea levels and, um, and the destruction caused by global warming. Australia, on the other hand, is a very wealthy nation which is exporting 7% of the world's carbon or producing and exporting 7% of the world's carbon. We carry that guilt, that responsibility of the damage that's being done to Tuvalu and other island nations. And we named this boat Tuvalu in honor of them because we, we do not stand with our government. We are in rebellion against our government for their absolute criminal actions. Their criminal actions in creating a climate crisis, propagating it. I'm here with Andy. Uh, some of you may know him, Skipper Andy. I'm not sure if that's the official title yet, but uh, already famous, kind of already the, the face of the Melbourne Spring Rebellion so far for being the man with the pink boat. And because of Violet's uh, Facebook Live from this morning, we, we've already heard some some bad news about the boat. So let's get right into it. What was the boat and where's the boat gone? What was the boat, did you say? So the boat is a beautiful pink... Boat is a beautiful pink uh, small yacht named Tuvalu. And on the side of it is painted climate emergency. And it's, yeah, bright pink and it sticks out. The boat's a symbol. We gravitate towards symbols and the boat is a symbol of the rebellion with its international roots starting in uh, London and yeah we're just trying to maintain that connection to the international movement and and the boat represents so much people can interpret what they will but you know rising waters the seas are rising and so are we. Is there an element here where we feel like the, the boat has been targeted by the police because it is such a potent symbol? I feel like the police would target anything at this point in time. Um, I don't know if they would recognise it from the UK or what, but they certainly have inspected it three times already today and we've got great mechanics behind the scenes, hardworking, just awesome people who put the boat together, got the trailer fixed and all the rest and I'm really confident in their abilities that we can pass uh, the, the, the scrutinies of Vic Roads, which we already had passed, but now we're passing them a second time. The boat's been weighed on a street in Carlton, which some bystanders walked past and said, I've never seen a speedboat getting weighed on my street before. <laughs> and without even doing anything, without doing anything too much, we've, we've got a lot of news with the boat, which is great. So, yeah. So kind of already kind of mission accomplished with the boat. Some missions are accomplished, but I think we'd still be disappointed if this was the end of it. And as I speak, it's getting uh, taken back to a warehouse. It's going to get fixed up. It's going to get the roadworthy certificate for the trailer again. And we're going to be back in action. Full confidence in the team and then the, the spirit will will lift this boat back into the, into the camp. Um, this episode is, is going out tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, and we're going to have specials out on Thursday and Saturday as well. So we will check back in with you about the boat. And, and we really, we all hope for a positive outcome and we get Tuvalu back. We will get Tuvalu back in honor of all the people of Tuvalu and the Pacific Islands and who we respect so wholeheartedly and we, we stand with them. We stand yeah, with them now in the face of a government that is just completely disrespecting 
to the point of violent complicity in in, in digging up coal, burning fossil fuels, when s- such people so close by are already suffering so much. We have the wealth to even support them, sea barriers and other things, and we're still being greedy with that. So Tuvalu will come back and the seas will rise and so will we. People always say that you should aim higher than you achieve. I mean, when you went to school, didn't you get taught that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And for those who say it's, it's going to be too expensive, um, we do have the capacity for swift action when we need to. So this is expenditure. The first little hump is World War One. The first hump is World War Two. So it shows how much resources we can throw out when it comes to killing people in other countries. So if we can do this for war, why can't we do this for saving our children's future, saving animals? Surely that's within our moral fibre to be able to do that. Neuropsychologist Christine Canty was the main speaker from today in Melbourne's Carlton Gardens. She's also one of the organisers of XR Families, and she generously sat down with me before her talk for a bit of a chat and a run-through of her speech. So we're just sitting on the grass at Carlton Gardens with the entire of the Melbourne chapter, the Spring Rebellion, sort of arranged out in front of us uh, with uh, some, some high-vis cops kind of flanking the whole scene in a, in a loose periphery. I, I prefer to think of them as, as sheepdogs looking over the flock in a very uh, protective and caring way, <laughs> maybe. I did ask as I, as I walked in, you're going to find this funny, Christian. I walked up to a cop and I said, is there any chance of me getting arrested by just being in the gardens? And they looked at me like, well, what? I said, well, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not a citizen. Actually, seeing here that, yes, that we've pretty much transformed the gardens into this beautiful protest festival. And it's, it is really beautiful and peaceful. And it just it's such a transformation of a otherwise kind of empty and people eating, you know, their lunch down from their corporate offices. And it's, it's instead feels like a village. It does. And it's lovely. And... So you're going to be kicking off things today at 4 o'clock? Yeah. And how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. I've had, like, quite a big lead-up to this, you know? Like, I've been working loads and loads of hours. In fact, the last couple of weeks, you know, a good 20, 30 hours on top of full-time work. And i got four kids. So I've been really working hard, and I've been kind of, kind of stressed at points. But... It's just been lovely that I've got here today and it is just, it's so beautiful and it's so creative and, and really just beautiful. Like the people give off this, this beautiful vibe because everyone's really banding together for this amazing cause and we've got our gorgeous family-friendly space and we had some, some stories this morning and um, some badge making and all this fun stuff and I just kind of got here and went, ah, this is what it's about. You're going about this in a very considered and thoughtful and pragmatic way because, of course, you are. It's your children involved here as well. Yeah. Um, There's also an area in which you're a professional, um, which is why it's so great that you'll be giving the opening remarks here to sort of kick off the, the Melbourne Spring Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand we're going to do a little bit of a run-through now of your speech so we make sure to capture it in crystal clear quality. Appreciate the opportunity for a run-through. Thank you. We are standing here today on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. 
I want to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I also want to acknowledge that we are in a climate and ecological emergency and that these two things, the crisis and the history of this land, are inextricably linked. For the system that is causing the demise of our ecosystems and the beginning of the sixth mass extinction is the same system that has stolen and pillaged the land of indigenous peoples across the world. And yet those peoples are the first to be disadvantaged and traumatised by the system and are the first to be affected by the climate crisis. The crisis that we know will at some point affect us all. Six months ago, I would never have imagined that I'd be here ready to take part in an international rebellion of mass civil disobedience. Six months ago, I did not know the severity and the urgency of the climate crisis. Once I did, I initially despaired at the enormity of this crisis. I lost hope for my future and for the future of my children. But in the words of climate scientist Kate Marvel, the opposite of hope is not despair, it is grief. And here, the sheer scale of the problem provides a perverse comfort. We are in this together. We need courage, not hope. Courage is the resolve to do well without the assurance of a happy ending. With this in mind, I started to reframe my despair as gratitude for the privileged life I have led so far and for the opportunity it provides me to work together with all of you to create change. And so I threw myself into preparations for this, the Spring Rebellion. And it fills my heart with joy to see so many of you here today, ready to work together to tell everyone who will listen about Extinction Rebellion's three demands. Tell the truth about the climate and ecological emergency. Act now to halt biodiversity loss and zero out emissions by 2025. And go beyond politics by creating a citizens assembly to facilitate a just transition. Right now, there are many, many people in Melbourne and across the world who are just like I was six months ago. Good people who are living their lives without realising the crisis that we are in. The catastrophe we are facing because governments and corporations are not telling them the truth. They are doing this for their own interests and at the expense of our world and the future of our children. So if our leaders won't tell the truth, we will. Our job starting today is to reach those people and build our movement. The opportunity to do this comes in many and varied ways over the coming days. Our actions team finding new and creative ways to disrupt business as usual, a method that we know from evidence is required to create social change. Our arrestees, these wonderful, brave souls who will force our society to take notice by laying themselves on the line. Our regenerative culture teams will be taking care of these people and of all of us, so we have the ability and the longevity to sustain our movement over time. Our arts team, helping to convey our message in ways that are just too beautiful and creative to ignore. Our families team, 
helping our children to understand and participate in this amazing opportunity to be part of the rebellion in a safe and appropriate way. Our outreach team, telling the truth, talking to people with respect and compassion, increasing awareness and demonstrating that we are all just ordinary people living in extraordinary times. Our climate justice team, ensuring as we build our movement, we strive to put climate justice at the heart of everything we do. And the list goes on. Our music team, our systems team, our finance team, our legal team and more. And everyone here who has showed up and continues to show up again and again and again. We are all learning in this community we've built in such a short amount of time. A community I didn't know was possible, but I'm so deeply grateful for. Our commitment to non-violent peaceful protest, our arrests, our creativity, our sheer numbers on the streets, this is what will take us to the social tipping point we need. The point where society as a whole moves into emergency mode. Whereas a community at large, we begin to comprehend the scale of the problem and the urgency of the solution. And where we then create the power to force our leaders to act. Remember that no matter what happens, we are steadfastly non-violent. We are peaceful and we are radically inclusive. We will leave this place on the lands of the Wurundjeri people cleaner than when we found it. Rebels, take care of each other and take care of yourselves. Think about how you will look after yourself during the rebellion and how you will nurture yourself afterwards. We are in this for the long haul. Because in showing up again and again, in sitting with our grief, and in choosing to act with courage, with our broken hearts and our open minds, we send a message to the world, not just to the world, but to each other. We are all in this together. And during the Spring Rebellion, we will show each other, ourselves, our children, that we can do this. We will create the community and the connection that is required for whatever awaits us. I want to leave you with a quote from the amazing environmental activist, Joanna Macy. If the world is to be healed through human efforts, I am convinced it will be by ordinary people. People whose love for this life is even greater than their fear. Welcome to the Spring Rebellion. That's going to bring the house down. I made it through without crying. Yeah. Woo that might be the first time. I was so close at about four different times, but yeah. I, I kept going. Yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> um, so I'm in London and um, yesterday or two days ago, the police seized stuff from the Extinction Rebellion warehouse which included some pink sandbags that I believe were going to be in the like chill out tent. And yesterday at the opening ceremony, there were people holding up pink cushions. It's 
to say you can take our cushions or our sandbags but we're creative we've got we've got more than that coming um, so yeah it was really nice energy at the opening ceremony and um, quite calm and then today is when it all begins um, I've got to get to uni but then I will be there I think demanding the government legislate a target of reaching net zero emissions by 2025. Now! Now! What do I want? What do I want? This planet we live on, there's no plan B. We can't go there, go nowhere else. Let's let Como and Trump go to Mars if they want. That was a clip from the Sydney strike. We've also got clips coming in from Wellington. And if you're anywhere in the world and attending an XR International Rebellion event, please just send us a message. We'd love to hear what it's like on the ground. We hope you've enjoyed the special. We'll have more for you on Thursday and Saturday. And we'd love you to take part in those episodes as well. Just send us an audio message to Climactic Show on Facebook or an email to hello at climactic.fm. And if you're attending these strikes, thank you. And stay safe. And everyone, let's take care of each other in these climactic times. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening. And from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H-E-R-E media.studio.